1 Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Friends, welcome to a very, very special episode of Rev Covery, uh, because this is the ending episode of our third season. I'm Sarah Heath, and this is my co-host. This is Justin Gentry. I am going to say it Justin, as fast as I can. I no, was ready. I was and waiting. It's, this, it's not a computer glitch, guys. Literally, Justin is always surprised when I ask his name. <laughs> um I, but honestly, here's what it is. It's because you have very engaging presence. You are you <laughs> command attention. And I'm just, I'm in it. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I am, I get a front row seat to Sarah doing her thing. And then suddenly it's my turn. <laughs> it's like double dutch and you're not sure when to jump in. Yes. Um, yeah, so this is a podcast for folks who are, who have left ministry, have thought about leaving ministry. Maybe you were a super volunteer and you're not doing that anymore. Maybe you are uh, someone who's changing careers that lots of people thought were good, uh, was good. Listen to my English. It's awesome. Whatever it might be, this is really, I'm going to say this is a podcast about transitions in in a lot of ways. And I'm not sure we knew it was going to be that. So we're excited to uh, share this episode with you because, well, like we just said, we're we're surprised we're three seasons in and that so many of you have joined us in it. Yeah, our, like it's it, it's kind of a fun thing to have your listeners also be your guests. And I and and to be good, like, yes, like that's, I mean, I, I think Sarah and I both we will will confess now. <laughs> it was a, we were a little nervous. It was like, all right, yes. we're going to open it up to our listeners, I think, or our, our, our patrons and, and, you know, our the, the discord that we have. And and are we are we okay with that? We're like, sure, let's try it. You know, if it's awful, it'll just be a couple episodes. And and you guys are great. I mean, we knew you were great. We knew. We should. We know you're great at being like people behind the computer and comments and supporting each other. But that may not turn into radio presence, uh, podcasting presence, uh, video presence. Turns out, the folks who are part of the Recovery Room Discord and Patreon community are engaging and interesting and. I mean, this season was more than just that. Uh, This season Mm -hmm. was definitely a lot of folks who are known for their work, but it was really an an interesting season when this is the first season that we've had um, people who are maybe a little less known for our work. So anyway, I am just really grateful uh, that you guys were willing to come on and willing to risk. And yeah, so it was an incredible season from the top to bottom. We were just going through it but we were both laughing because i don't think either of us wanted to say the thing which is like we kind of knew what we were getting when we asked like you know tim whitaker uh trip fuller uh dr roberto uh, these are people who like you know rebecca chang people who have an audience who who have folks who know who they are and what they are and kind of it, mm-hmm. are hoping to glean wisdom but so many moments of precious 
wisdom this season came from folks who are in the trenches. And and the other thing that we discussed is like so many people who are mid-process. There is yeah. no end with a tight little bow with like, and then I got this really high paying job and it was amazing and found the love of my life and it all worked out great. A, a lot of people, it was like, all I know is I'm taking the next right step. And, and I think that's, that's, that's the part that's really encouraging to me. And I think, I think encouraging to everybody is that you don't have to have this um, testimony, if I can use that word, you know, like yes, you can. I think in, in the evangelical world and even in mainline world, there's this, you know, you have to have the testimony. This is how my life was before. This is how my right. life is now. And it's, and everything is just roses. And I, I don't, and that's just not how life works. That's not how, uh, especially transitions work, big transitions like transitioning faith or ministry or, you know, career. Um, it, there's, it's, it's all these baby steps. It's always doing the next right thing. And I think that's, that's, and, and we never came, we never started this show as like, Justin experts. and Sarah have arrived. We're experts. <laughs> like we, we know did exactly it. what we're doing. It, it was more like a, Hey, we're probably a little bit further ahead in this than a lot of people are or at least the people that we might attract to this and, and maybe we'll have something to say and at very least we'll be honest about it. And it's been, it's been nothing but pleasant surprises really as we kind of just navigate what the space is and what this podcast is becoming and, and who we're Gosh. becoming. Yeah. Who we're becoming and how this community is becoming. Uh, we had our first, you know, as we talk about wrapping up a season and I know episodes that are like wrapping up a season. If you, this is your first episode you've ever listened to, can I just invite you to go listen to some uh, throughout the season? Because there's really, really beautiful stories. But I will say that, like, I think this is the season that we had our first Discord Zoom meeting together. And I was so overwhelmed in it because these people are incredible. And some of them have completely left ministry spaces and yet were willing to and even I've kind of already done the work of being like, yeah, I don't really like need this community, but I want to be part of this community. So I, it's like I came with a, a little bit of sense of a desperation. Then I've kind of found my way since in a different way. And now I just want to be there for people who feel that desperation I felt. So many people have said, mm -hmm. I want to make a community that I needed. Yeah. Which to me was like, oh, people willing to, to sort of look backwards. It is beautiful to me. Yeah. I, when I was in ministry, a quote that I always kept coming back to, uh, especially when I was in youth ministry, I don't know. I don't know who said it. It's just kind of like a phrase things people say, but like it's, it's be who you needed when you were younger. And that's kind of just what I lived by when I was, you know, in ministry and, and things. And, I, and I'm finding that I, I still do that. It's just younger means, you know, not, 15 anymore younger means maybe 35 but yeah or or maybe younger doesn't necessarily mean uh, younger in age but younger in this particular transition I mean there are people older than me that are just transitioning out of ministry that I am a little bit further along and so and and so can I be the person that maybe we all needed when yeah we were first starting to question like what's going to happen how am i going to pay the bills how am i how am i going to live what is my purpose now um can i even I, do this 
can yeah can i do this um and and also like i mean we're not necessarily a deconstruction podcast per se but i think it's deconstruction is a weird thing because once your little brain catches that bug you start deconstructing everything right so it's like so once you step out of wow this is my big career and i moved out of it now it's like oh my politics my relationships all these things are now um being reorganized and i don't and and that can be a scary thing but i think it's good too and i think it's something that oh it's good but we also all of us need a little bit of help doing for sure well i again i can't stop talking about our little discord gathering on zoom because i think it I immediately texted Justin, who is in the midst of moving and I got so much going on that I was like, I know you can't be on this, but these people are incredible. And I know we say it all the time, but it was overwhelming the conversation that was happening. And I didn't have to broker it. Like I wasn't having to be like, and what do you think? You know, they did a great job of talking. But one of the things is the conversation still around a job can have meaning without being my purpose. Uh Right. And I think even this week, we had a couple of people join the community that were like, hey, I'm still in and I'm so afraid that if I do something different, I'm not going to be able to find purpose. And so I just thought one of the questions that they asked was um, of each other was kind of like, where do you find your meaning now? And reminding like one one fella um, who I would name, but I didn't ask permission to tell people um, said, look, like I'm finding my purpose is actually my family that I kind of abandoned while I was in ministry. Mm-hmm. And now when I drive home, I feel like I'm driving towards my purpose. And that's a complete switch because I, I got so much purpose or meaning or value from being known as someone in ministry. And I thought, oh, mm-hmm. that's really helpful to be reminded that sometimes our purpose is not tied to our paycheck. Yeah. And our I think, at least for me, when I was in ministry, I. I kind of looked at those mundane things as like, those are the earthly things. Those are the things that, you know, everyone else can get wrapped up in, but I, I'm about kingdom Mm -hmm. things or whatever, whatever, you know, that's probably a triggering phrase. Should put a little content warning there, but that we, that I think we've maybe made purpose out to be something different than what it was and that we can reimagine it as something simple and normal and just, you know, as, you know, being good at cooking and enjoying, you know, spending time with your kids or, you know, writing just to write, not because you're trying to like make some, make a thing um, or be some influencer. Um, oh, yeah. see, that's the other thing, too. I think recognizing the, the beautiful, meaningful stories that are not from influencers. Again, the conversations we had with people who are really well known uh, get, have incredible meaning. But it's a reminder of what we have said, even from the very beginning, is that hierarchy really for Justin and I needs to not exist in some ways. Mm-hmm. But to have people who aren't like I said, aren't like the you may not know their names or whatever, but their stories are filled with such meaning that you can look at it and go, man, I, I want to I want to have that sort of connection to my own meaning and and value. And the truth is is like we all have it. We all have meaning. We all have purpose. We all have value. 
And I think, yeah, it was just such a lovely reminder that sometimes it's not the influencer. You don't have to immediately jump from being an influencer in a Christian community to being an influencer on some sort of MLM situation. And yet that's often the pipeline Mm -hmm. because we're told that our only value is if we are somehow an expert in the room. And I don't know, I just love all of these stories that are so inspiring and so full of meaning and aren't, I'm not surprised, but might be surprising to some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you don't have to like know somebody's name for their story to be inspiring, you know, not at like all. That's, and that's the, I mean, that's, you know, I, I, I think I've become known as maybe the person that points out the problems of capitalism and <laughs> Maybe a little too much on this podcast. (laughs) This isn't isn't a politics or economics podcast, but I think our editorial position is that capitalism does not make you a great minister, um, does not create a great environment for the work of faith that we had to do. And and I think it's it's the the hustle and the grind and like, you know, oh, I gotta know who they are for them to have a good story. Like, no, like we we want to tell great stories, period. Um, whether you know the person or not. And I think, honestly, some of the most surprising ones for me, ones that were deeply touching and were ones that like I had to sit with personally and myself for a little bit, were like, oh, this is, this is you know, um, this didn't come to me from like a TED Talk stage. This came to me you now from somebody who's, who's just, just in it and, and living life. I think it's and they haven't to remember. Yeah, we, they're not in completion. swim in this, you know, sphere that says you know if it's not doesn't have a monetary value attached to it um it's it's not good and it's like no like let's let's take a step back from that for a second well and even like the the stories that have often been marginalized this season think i don't know i just feel so Mm -hmm. grateful for all of the folks who come from more marginalized spaces so we've had whether it be uh black pastors or folks who are from the asian uh community or folks who are from the queer community, folks from the trans community. I mean, we are a former professional Christian podcast, if you will, sort of. Mm -hmm. uh, And we've had two trans folks be willing to share their story with us. And to me, that's incredible Mm -hmm. and humbling. And there is some meaning making there. And I think Hopefully the goal of all of this always was to create a space like we said that we needed to create a space for that folks need. And if you're okay with it, Justin, I think even for folks who want to talk about like the grief of what was before, we talk about, we talked a lot last season and it bled into this season as well, (laughs) the surprising grief Mm -hmm. um, of leaving things. And part of it is not knowing how to name our last experiences. Mm-hmm. And do I have to consider those experiences um, as null and void? And so for our uh, trans uh, community friends, the, the the statement was very like, yeah, I can like be grateful for who I was in that space at that time. But we also talked about like, what do you do with the religious moments? Yeah, which yeah. we both talked about. So we had uh, Mike. And I always want to make sure I say Mike's last name correct. It's Mayshiro, right? Mayashiro. Mayashiro. Good. He said confidently, 90% sure he got it right. Just um, a, in 
incredible person. Yeah. Like I've the known there. This one, if you haven't heard it, go listen, you know, cause I, I, I'm on a quest to, to know the truth about certain things. And I'm still addicted to mystery in some ways. I'm addicted and, to mystery. I love that. Yeah. And, and but I, I, I think, you know, he that that conversation and other conversations we've had this season have, you know, continued to, I think, challenge me to me personally to try to recontextualize some of my experiences, because, you know, if you were a minister for any amount of time, you had profound spiritual experiences. You probably didn't yeah. get into the work without them. And some of them I can say, yeah, I was probably manipulated or maybe I was tired or, you know, some <laughs> of them. Yeah, sure. But. You know, I had like a, a burrito or something and it gave me a spiritual experience. I don't know. But I've had a burrito um, that made me feel But there are other ones before. that I'm like, I I have trouble saying, no, nah, that was nothing. And and I think, too, for me, at least, I, I've gotten to a point where it's like, what is that? It was profound to me, period. Does it mm. matter what it was from? Because, you know, I, I think for a while and I, after I had de- kind of deconstructed and after I had left ministry, I kind of almost went through the list of experiences like, OK, this one was probably from God. This one was not. This one was, <laughs> you know, you know, like kind of just almost like trying to recontextualize all of them. And then like but then I felt like I had to do that work over and over again as like my understanding of what God was kind of changed and shifted. And do I even believe in God? And, and so. I, I, I've kind of, and, and, and that was meaningful work at the time, but now I've kind of just stopped and like, cause I, I cause I, at least for me, at the end of the day, I can't know what it was from, like, but I can know that it was meaningful to me mm. and, and I'm, I'm trying to focus on that. I can't know that it was not just some chemical manipulation in my head that I called God or whether it was God or, or whether it was, you know, just some, you know, interesting thought that came to my head that I just thought was particularly transcendent in that moment. But I can know that it was meaningful to me. Like, and I can know that it changed me profoundly and I can know that it was interesting. It doesn't need to be more than that. It does. I don't have to explain it, I guess I can just experience it. And I think that that's, that's, that's kind of where I'm sitting with a lot of those experiences um, and just allowing them to be what they are. And pleasant memories are profound moments. They don't have to be, they don't have to be garbage, you know, because I think that's the tendency to just throw it all away. But then they also don't have to be precious either. The things, my perspective on that can change over time. And that's good. Yeah. So if you're, if <laughs> really the conversation sparked from this very divine experience that a lot of people have claimed happened to them at Bethel, the community that Mike was a part mm-hmm. of. Oh, and we asked about it half joking, but half serious because we're like, look, you got nothing to get nothing to lose at this point. You can just yeah, tell us he, the he truth. What's going on with the gold dust. And Mike's answer to that was challenging because the question is, what do we do with the gold dust of our lives? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do we do with that? Yeah. I mean, I had some profound experiences on like retreats and stuff. And, you know, I did like an Emmaus walk or whatever, like, and I, and I can, I can like say like, oh, that's, you know, like you go away from a retreat and you're, you know, half starved for and and sleep deprived and sure you're going to have a spiritual experience, but like at the same time, it's like, but, but it was still meaningful. It still changed things that I do with my life. And I don't want to, I don't want to throw that away. 
Yeah. I guess I'm just saying you don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to. No. And also the beauty of being able to hold space for people who uh, make meaning of it in one way that isn't comfortable for you anymore. Mm -hmm. It's okay to say, I'm glad that that held meaning for you in that way. I think that's important for me as I encounter more and more people who are maybe in a spiritual space that I used to be in and have this sort of profound experience. And then I don't have that profound, like I don't have that read of, that's not how I would interpret it now. But I, I think it's being part of this work in some ways has opened me up to just, instead of being like, you know, I I wouldn't have said that because I'm not the person who would have to have that conversation, but I am the person who in my head would have been like, okay. Uh, But now I, I feel like as we've done the work together, I'm less and less concerned about defining things for other people one way yeah. or the other. If you're not harming other people, like if that's where your spirituality lands, awesome. And I, the thing that I have to remind myself is like, that, if that's not me also awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I find that a really distasteful and not helpful exercise trying to define other people's experiences for them like it's just (laughs) no we do it we do it we do it we do it for sure but i I, it's one of those things that's like when i do it i think it's justified but when i see other people doing it i'm like ooh, don't do that you know (laughs) and so yeah i think it just we have to have a lightness about that and just like okay that's interesting you know and because people can feel that off of you I mean, that's that's something I I have to wrestle with with my family, too, because, you know, my you know, my parents and, and other folks in my family still are, are much more religious than I am still and still attribute things to God that I wouldn't necessarily attribute to God. But but just being like, oh, that's great. Like, you know, this good thing happened. I'm glad it happened. Right. And I'm thankful that it happened. And and you add you, you're adding things to it that I wouldn't, and I'm adding things to it that maybe you wouldn't. But like we can just focus on being grateful for the thing that happened, and 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 that that can be hard. But I think I I don't know. Like I, I keep coming back to this phrase, just like having a a more a little more lightness and a little more levity in the way we carry ourselves in the world. Uh, I think would do a lot of good. Because there's a lot of anger when you come out of ministry and there's a lot of anger when you come out of these spaces. But at a certain point, I think you just have to go like, yep, this you're still in it. Great. I'm out of it. Great. You person were never in it. What is that like? Um, (laughs) Tell me about your lack of drama. Well, I think that was the deep thing, too, is we have folks who listen to the podcast that are professional HR people, which, by the way, I'm working really hard to get her on an episode, who talked a lot about like the opportunity to, to work at a church uh, and deciding not to do that. And the, the way that she feels like her role is to help people who did and help them now figure out what's next for them because... Yeah. She's like, I don't really have that trauma. Cause I, what did she say? She's like, now I just go to pastors to explain them when I go to a community. Like I'm just here for the hugs and the coffee. I'm Mm -hmm. not here for any volunteering. I'm not here. And that's so hard to hear. And even as uh, she was saying that my like former pastor self is like, but the pastors need your help. And I was like, no, like that again is not, I'm not even part of those community making spaces anymore, but she's getting community out of something where 
yeah, where she's just participating, but not necessarily running. And I love it. Yeah, I I, I love the like, because, yeah, my former minister self is like, what would we be saying about someone that said that? Like, like in in the staff meeting or whatever. Right. I think think I was so mad when people were like half involved. Yeah, I honestly think we would probably have said something derogatory or we would have been we would have said like, oh, just here for the hugs and the coffee, huh? Or whatever, you know, like. And now I want to make a t-shirt that says that just to let people know. You know, these people are takers or whatever. And it's like, and now I'm like, you deserve to just take. Like, it's okay. Like, you you can just enjoy the experience of being there. And that's okay. And and for ministers, you know, I'm speaking to my past self for sure that are not appreciative of that. But you are you are a person in the seat, listening, attentive, participating, but just not volunteering and leading. Like, like you need more of those people in your life, and you, and certainly mm-hmm. pastors, you need more people that will not be manipulated by you in your life to kind of maybe expose those tactics and help you get better. I think people yeah. that have good boundaries make us all better, and I'm I'm. I stand me a good boundary and I think we need more of that. Right. Boundaries are, uh, yeah, they're so key and so important with ourselves, with others, what we feel like we need to say or do. Um, yeah. So I'm really grateful for that like idea. And yes, I almost want, I do want to teach her like, I'm not here to like run something. I'm just here to be. Mm-hmm. I need to tell myself that. Yeah. That's actually why I'd wear it. It should be backwards. So when I look in the mirror, <laughs> I think I got back into ministry. I so I was briefly kind of thinking about getting out of ministry a few times while I was in ministry, and I think I stayed because I wanted to be in charge. Like if I'm truly mm. honest with myself, I there were seasons where I was staying simply because I couldn't imagine not running the show, and yeah. That's just that's just a free confession for everyone. <laughs> it just I don't is. have a way to tie that in a bow other than just to say, yep, I think I, I just wanted to run the show. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're so afraid. I think for me, I was afraid of giving up. Like I, I afraid of letting go of the perfectionist, what I thought it should look like, how I thought it should go. And it's beautiful to just show up, but it's also OK if you don't. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we're going to take yeah. a brief break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to have more conversation on, yeah, well, a story about me being outed. Yeah. So you're going to want to hold in because you're like, I'm pretty sure Sarah is straight. I am, but I was outed and it was funny. Hmm. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. So we're going to take a brief break. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.
Welcome back. Right. Oh. Anything you want to say before we start recording again? I mean, technically we I, never I stopped. Just, when I popped my earphones in, you just said welcome back. And I was like, are you welcoming back to like the audience to the show or me to my seat? <laughs> oh, I was welcoming you back to the seat. Okay. But also welcome back. <laughs> Sometimes I think I just frighten you, Justin. It's okay. You're fine. You don't frighten me. I just <laughs> like I'm a wild I, creature, and you just don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, I hope I just, Liz keeps this part. You know, you know, <laughs> just a little behind the scenes of Sarah and Justin's friendship. Yeah, I, I'm fine with this. So, so we're back. So we're back. Welcome back, <laughs> Justin, and everyone else. <laughs> um, yes. I have to tell you. So I have been racking my brain. I could not think of the term. Uh, of this idea of like doing church as you know and not over volunteering or whatever so this is the term that becca from our discord community has come up with when she enters into a church space she explains that she's here just to do she recreationally attends church i love this this is the best (laughs) um and if people ask what does that mean that's when she states that means i'm just here for the hugs and the coffee i like that I do too. It's better than amateur. It's better than like all the words I could not think of recreationally attending churches. Mm-hmm. Kind uh, of yeah, a beautiful thing. Because I honestly, if I think if church was more recreational, more people would go for one. Yeah. I think, you know, when it's, I think it's because we put so much, well, it's because I mean, obviously there's the eternal salvation part, but we put so much pressure on it. And it just, it doesn't need to be, no, no one needs that much pressure. Like you really don't like, I mean, people get enough pressure at their jobs. They get enough pressure with family right. and stuff. You don't need like eternal salvation because you didn't like volunteer to set up chairs. Like, let me just... I also think it's, it's a helpful word because I think it reminds us that recreational is something that we do because we like it. Mm-hmm. You don't do you don't recreationally do anything like a hobby or anything like that because you feel compelled or obligated to. Recreation is different. And it isn't your only mm-hmm. meaning making thing, right? Yeah. But yeah. you might make meaning out of it, but it's not the thing that should be defining you. I guess that's why I like it so much cuz recreation makes me think of like <laughs> the level at which I can play uh I don't know, dodgeball. I could recreationally play dodgeball. I never need to be mm-hmm. a professional dodgeball player. But I can get joy out of it and friendship out of it. Um, Yes. Yeah. And I have no ambitions to be a professional dodgeballer. It's like for fun. That would be it. It is for fun. And. uh, Yeah, I like that phrase simply because it gives us it frames it very, very well. You know, amateur would be like, well, I'm still pretty ambitious about this. I'm just an amateur. Right. At any moment, I may be called into the majors. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, almost there has like never the, been the, the, an NBA draft that took place because they saw someone playing basketball in, in Venice. No, just no. not. I like so, that. Here's some more recreation in our lives. Here's some more recreation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, the little outing yeah. story that I that I yeah. thought I would share is I am a community leader for a run club that I'm a part of. And I post about it because McKellar Run Club has been a big part of how I Um, have been able to make community and uh, folks that I really, I run with a group called Loot. I run with a group called Orange. It's actually Orange County Craft Runners and we run from brewery to brewery. And then I run with a group called Loot, which 
is because our amazing leader is a guy who says woot all the time, like woot, this is fun. Anyway, I say all that to say, uh, one of my friends came to watch me, not watch me, came to participate in our McKellar Run group, which I'm a community leader in. And she and I were chatting. She happens to be a city council member here in the city. And people were asking, like, how do you guys know each other? And she said, ooh, I hope I'm not outing you. And the whole, like, everybody looked at her and it was the funniest experience. She's like, wait, that feels like weird language she is. Um, Does everyone know what you used to do? Which people more were, like, looking at her, like, what the hell is about to be revealed by Sarah? (laughs) And then our other, our team captain, one of our team captains goes, well, that's actually how Sarah and I met. And it's like just really getting confusing for people. And finally, I was like, I don't, I don't mind if people know I was a pastor in the city and she attended. And also yeah. we got to know each other even more through community stuff. So it was a really interesting thing because I think for the first time, it didn't feel weighty for me to say, I don't mind mm. people know. Yeah. yeah, I'm not embarrassed of it. It's something I did. Uh, it's something in a weird way I still do, but not in the way they are probably thinking because these people all know me now. They know me completely separate from that. So anyway, that was my outing story. And she literally like turned red and she said, but you were so good at it. And people, it was a, a, a lovely moment where I could receive that affirmation and not feel like, oh crap, I should go back to it. I, mm-hmm. I think it just for me feels like a turning point. That's so great. It, it was what it was. And I was not. recreationally running. <laughs> and, that's, and yeah, and now I'm a recreational runner. Yeah, right. I'm not trying to make yeah. it's just I do it because I do it. Yeah. And yeah, Sarah, I love that story because I think it, it I think it, it illustrates a couple things. If I can break it down. Can I allowed to break the story down? Yeah, a little bit. Let's make um, meaning out of it. Let's do it. Well, because one, I think like you don't realize those moments you don't realize you've arrived until those moments happen. Like, it's not like you don't like wake up one morning and you're like, Oh, it's only when it comes up again, like you could have been that way for months and you know, but it's, these things arrive organically. I think is what I'm trying to say. And you can't schedule them. You can't like, like any, any grief, any morning, any, you know, any big transition you can't there's not like a timetable that says oh, okay after six months i'll be totally over whatever it's just when you're like oh interesting i this is this is new information to me that now i i'm not i'm not as attached to this as i thought i was hmm. like or this is this is what it is and now it's and now it's done and, I, and i'm okay with it being done I, i'm ready to to do the next thing or, and, and that's, I don't know, that's so beautiful. And that's so good. It felt so good. I think, thank you for saying that. Yeah. That the idea that it like, uh, isn't something I could have planned for. And I, the other thing was I wasn't defensive and I didn't need to say, but I made a lot of difference in the city and da, 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 and like explain myself because other people did that for me. My work was what it was and I didn't feel defensive or and again, it's not the Sarah and Justin show, but I feel like so many people have from our stories highlighted like, yeah, again, it's like the gold dust thing. What did it mean to me then? It meant this. What does it mean to me now? I'm not sure, but I don't really have to wipe away what it meant to me then. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, you don't have to know. 
Like that's mm-hmm. like I the one of the biggest freedoms of leaving most of my faith behind is I just don't have to know. <laughs> like it can just be a mystery. It can be a weird thing that happened. It can be a profound weird thing that happened. Uh, you know, and I, I think that that's um, that's and that. And I think the funny thing is, is had I heard that phrase 10 years ago, and even I would have been like, oh, how bad, how sad that is or how um, how lost you must be or like, wow, I'm glad I don't have that. I'm glad I know the answer to everything. Um, <laughs> and it's like. No, actually, the, the the universe is so much bigger and so much more interesting and and life is so much more um, so much more meaningful, honestly, to me when I just don't I don't have to know. I know it is great, and it, but it's hard because sometimes you and I mm-hmm. even talk about like, why do people listen to our show? We're not giving them answers. And then you listen to a group of people who gather to say, because I needed a place where no, where I wasn't been giving answers, but more where I could kind of look within myself Mm because I think I always knew and I just needed like Uh in a weird way permission to ask the question. And again, it's like, it almost sounds so woo to me. Like, of course you can do, you know, giving yourself permission. Like it's all this language that I am nervous to use and yet I don't have any other language for it. So Mm -hmm. we use the language we got. And and that's and that's and that's okay. Like like language doesn't capture at all a lot of times. No, and that's that's no. okay too. You know, I I just got back from uh, this amazing camping and hiking trip with a group of people, and we all started asking questions that didn't seem to hold meaning, but they really did. And and I think about again, none of it was about what our jobs are. Like we're, you're, when you're hiking with people for like seventeen miles. And it was supposed to be a 14 mile hike. So you're like, just want to be done. Uh, We had like a bunch of things happen too. All of a sudden you start asking each other, like the weird, like what's your favorite nut? (laughs) Like what's your favorite alternative milk? Right. Cause you're all in different work fields. You do a, but what I realized is this deep and profound connection that we have with people that we don't even realize. And it's over even the moments of asking questions, obviously those questions ended up being more profound. Like we discovered someone is lactose intolerant because we asked the question of what, like it just all spiraled. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I hope that we continue. Like if I think about what recovery will be like from here, I, I would love to see more engagement of more people getting to have the experience folks are having in the discord channel. Cause I was overwhelmed by how meaningful it is for people mm-hmm. because yeah. your biggest fear is you're like you say, you're trying to be something and it's not, hitting the mark i'm also an enneagram three so i never think it's enough just so you guys know <laughs> yeah and and i'm an enneagram seven and i i just i just i go where the next shiny is um <laughs> <laughs> well, but i'm also I have a very very strong six wing to the point where sometimes i think i'm a six and so i feel deeply insecure about it <laughs> <laughs> You feel deeply insecure about going to the shiny thing? Yeah, like, let's go. Oh, is this the thing I should be going for? I don't know. Who am I leaving behind? I don't know. Is it safe? Who cares? Um, right. I can only so. imagine, like, there's two Justins. One that's Sometimes like, let's have fun. And the other one's like, is it safe? 
And the other mm-hmm. one's like, who knows? Let's see. <laughs> who can say? We won't know until we go. <laughs> How unsafe it is. The Dr. Yeah. Seuss that goes on inside <laughs> your head. Who can know? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a riot in there sometimes, for sure. So as we kind of wrap up this shorter, more, I don't know, fun little episode, I guess. I, I do have a, a serious question. Imagine we've been hiking for 14 miles and we realized mm-hmm. we've still got a bunch more and we, were, we thought we were coming to the end. Um, hopefully that's not how you feel about the podcast. But Justin, no. what, what do you want this next season to be? Because we're going to take it. We're going to take some time off. Please go listen to older episodes. Join the Discord channel so you can chat with other people. But like, what do you, what do you want out of this next season of Rev Covery? For yourself or for others or whatever it might be. I was thinking about this just now before you asked that question. So yeah, you, you teed up nicely. We're in sync, if you will. Yay! I think for me, I actually think I I think we'll always do the podcast. I'm not saying we wouldn't do that, but I I would I want to shift more of my energy towards kind of building the community a little bit more and kind of shifting that way as and I've had to take a little bit of a step back from that part for personal reasons this last kind of season. But I, I think I would like us to focus on that a little more, uh, focus on building our community and, and engaging with them and kind of doing that. And then having the kind of podcast be the public facing part and have, you know, we also do a lot more on the back end, kind of balancing that out because that, that's be, that's the surprise to me. I thought it was like, oh, we're going to do this podcast. It'll be, this thing It'll be like a season. Yeah, we'll just do it and then it'll be done. And then now it's like, oh, we're like, we've, we've like developed friendships and we've gained, you know, a lot of insight even about ourselves and, and it's changed. And, and I think even while I, obviously Revcovery is a killer name, um, I think even transitioning, you know, not away from ministry stories, but more into just like, how did you, what, what does this life transition look like to you? Because I think um, our experience was transitioning out of ministry, and that's always going to be a focus of the show, I think. But yeah. I think 2016 and 2020 profoundly shifted things for a lot of people, um, whether it was ministry or not. And yeah. I think we, and so I, it would be interesting to explore, like, what does it look like for us to start telling stories about just general life transition? And how you grapple with that and how you create a new life out of nothing. That's yeah, that's an, I, something I'm interested in for sure. Well, that's so good. I think as I think about uh, us moving Rev Covery forward, I agree. My big thing was I want to I, I haven't had the bandwidth to be able to do what I'd like to do. And I think that's that's had meaning as well, because people have stepped into that gap. And so like incredible people who listen to the podcast who are kind of, like I said, in a different place than a lot of people that are just joining the community. Um, I'd like to continue to be a part of, you know, not coaching people in a, in a necessarily a, yeah, not a coaching relationship necessarily. Although I do love coaching folks and some of my greatest clients have not greatest clients. It makes it sound like I rank them. I mean, some of the clients that I just, uh, she has shown me the list of her favorite clients. Shut up. That's not true. (laughs) Um, But some clients I've just like super enjoyed have come from, I I find out later they listen to the podcast. I don't always know that right away. So I would like to do more 
yeah, more of that, more of that engagement you and I were talking about, more of that continuing to grow the community for the sake of like, yeah, people feeling like it's not weird to transition from one thing to the other. Um, and I think part of that for me is always going to be telling both the story of the people that we we know have a big story. You know, one of the things I am super lucky with is the friends and people in my life. And so sharing those people with you guys, love it. I want to keep doing that. I also want to share people that you, you may relate to on a even greater level um, because their story is more similar to yours. So Uh that's the, that's my hope and dreams for our next season. I can't believe we're going to be doing season four. Yeah. That's That's insane. So thank you everyone who listened to this season. Thank you everyone who has shared this in the secret of the night. We just had yet another person say, I don't know how I came across your podcast. I think someone slipped it to me. Um, But continue to do that for friends who need to know that transition is normal and part of it. And uh, yeah, thank you for being our listeners. Thank you for being supportive of each other. And uh, we hope that you have a great summer and we will be back. We are are working on, we actually had to switch around a lot of people's uh, time slot recording. So we've got some cool things coming up. Yeah, for sure. Justin, anything, any last words? No, other than this has been a fun ride and I look forward to continuing to do it. (laughs) All right, friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Revcovery. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.